0: three two one 2, 1, from down in the dirty bird. Oh my goodness gracious!
1: The only mustard buzzard podcast on the planet. This is Buzzardry. Here are your hosts, Ben Milam and Patrick McGee.
0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Buzzardry. It is Monday night, March 21st at the time of this recording. Another week of baseball under our belt. A few other happenings around the Buzzard universe. My name is Ben Milam and I'm here as always with my partner, Patrick McGee. Pat, how you doing? Glad to be on this Monday evening. That's right. We are back and as always, or uh, since last week I guess, we are uh, sponsored this episode of buzzardry is sponsored by biggoldnation.com the premier inside source for all things southern miss athletics be sure to check them out we're very proud to be a part of the rivals network and moving forward can't wait to, to get some other things going with uh, Big Gold Nation over there all right let's get right into it uh, another week under the belt like i said and Kind of a disappointing week, especially after that Dallas Baptist series that uh, you got swept in, and we talked about how a bounce back was was necessary, and you played uh, four games against pretty good competition, Alabama in the midweek, and FAU on the weekend, and uh, you didn't go 4-0, but felt like, to me, it was a pretty good bounce back week, Pat.
1: Yeah, it was. You You get a quality midweek win against Alabama. And uh, kind of a thrilling, uh, I guess, kind of a bullpen turned into a bullpen yeah. game for both teams. Where both teams were really uh, throwing a bunch of guys, and then you uh, take two out of three against FAU. yeah So, uh, yeah, quality week. Uh, like you said, you didn't go four. Uh, you didn't go four and zero, oh, but you, you go three and one against Alabama and FAU. You, you're uh, you're usually pretty happy about that. So. Yeah,
0: I think you'll take that. Let's uh, let's. Break down this Alabama win a little bit. Like you said, it was a bullpen game for the most part. Drew Boyd got his first start of the season, goes an inning and a third, and gave up a home run in the first inning, uh, and left in early in that second inning. And it felt like to me maybe that was that was sort of the plan was was to kind of go right into the bullpen, and uh, if you could get an, an inning or two out of Boyd, you would take it. Uh, it was. Not quite what we saw last year against Alabama, where it was really Johnny Holstaff staff, where you you were going to have four games in conference play that following week that weekend. Um, so you got you saw a different guy just about every single inning, uh, but it was uh, it was kind of the same story. The theme continues of the bullpen sort of propping a lackluster offense up a little bit. Uh, what did you see on Wednesday, Pat?
1: Yeah, well, I guess the story was that bullpen where Boyd goes uh, one third or gets you four outs, mm-hmm. and then you turn it over to Stewart. He covers, I think, two innings, two plus innings. Then you have Rhodes, Best, Harper, Rogers, and Ramsey all pitch. Um, and yeah, out of those guys, they only gave up one run, right, uh, between all of them. So uh, yeah, you win three to two, and, and Lynch. Uh, that was his first extra base hit of the year. That home run there in the in the second, right. Uh, to tie it up, and then McGillis gets the big uh, two RBI double with two outs They're in the fourth to make it three to one. Uh, then both teams trade zero so the next several innings. Um uh, in Alabama they get on the um they put up a run there in the eighth, but you're able to get out of it. Uh, Rogers got a uh called strike three. Uh, that, all right. Oh no, it was the check swing, mm-hmm. the check swing, and it controversial was, check swing. Right, it was it was kind of a fifty-fifty type call, and those are the yeah. kind of calls you get at home if. They were playing in Tuscaloosa We were playing Tuscaloosa, you know. You might not get that call. Sure. Um, I guess it was kind of the way he he kind of swung with one hand to her, kind of made it look like he went around. More it looked than he, worse than it did. He, on the replay. It looked like he really, he really didn't go around, but yeah, but it, yeah, that the one hand to finish uh, didn't help him. But right, yeah. Then you bring in uh, you bring in Ramsey there in the ninth, and uh, he throws up a zero, strikes out uh, O and D and Daddy there to end it. Uh, and you win three to two so it was a it was quality uh, midweek win there and the fourth largest
0: crowd of all time you yes. had you had tweeted either the the day before or the day of that could be a top 10 crowd yeah. and that, that ended up being the case and top we, five yeah we talked about uh, the, the fact that the 2500 plus season tickets would really help you in those attendance numbers and i mean i would guess that most of those season ticket holders were there because it was, it was a pretty solid crowd, pretty packed out at the Pete, and they were treated uh, to a great pitching performance. The offensive concerns that I guess we'll probably continue to talk about um, kind of t- t- remained a little bit, like I said, that theme of the pitching kind of holding you up and giving you a chance, which I, I think will be the case in uh, most games through the rest of the regular season schedule at least – Uh, remains true but you do get uh, you get two really big hits from from Lynch and McGillis and uh, two I I think that you really hope we'll get those guys going and not that Lynch has not been hitting the ball well I mean he's he's been right around 300 for uh, most of the beginning of this year but like you said he has not hit for power and we know he is capable of that same thing uh, for McGillis. kind of been feast or famine a little bit Uh, but a better start as opposed to the beginning of the year, which we'll, we'll compare some of those offensive numbers uh, when we get through this weekend series. So uh, we'll roll right into that, unless you have something else. On yeah, let's get Elden. into FAU. Okay, yeah, so opening weekend and conference play, and this is a series you really, really needed to win. A good ball club in FAU. We talked about how they are highly capable offensively, and that, uh, that remained true. To what we thought it would be, and you know they really swing the stick well. Uh, you knew that the rotation of the bullpen would be pressed, and this was our first look at a new rotation, new slots uh, outside of Waldrop, staying in the Sunday spot of Tanner Hall sliding into the Friday, Hunter Riggins on Saturday, which I I was a, a little surprised. I mean, yeah, we talked about how that Friday and Saturday is pretty interchangeable. Uh, but to to throw Tanner hall right into that Friday spot, usually you don't see that kind of jump. Um, didn't necessarily have his best stuff. I thought he was leaving a lot uh, up and especially with a sinker ball guy like tanner hall if you if you're leaving the majority of those fastballs up, uh, you know you're gonna get tagged pretty good and we saw saw him get squared up. Uh, much, much more uh, relative um, to his, his previous starts. Uh, so it was more of an offensive game um, that we have seen, especially with this pitching staff. So let's look at it uh, in detail, Pat.
1: Yeah, so... Um FAU they go up two nothing after one Hall runs into some trouble but he I mean he got out of it a little bit because mm-hmm. it could have been worse but yeah 2-0 after one and then Nolan Chenuel who really gave us trouble all weekend long hit a home run there yeah. on the third to make it three nothing yeah. but then USM comes back there in the bottom of the third puts up a five run uh, inning kind of highlighted by Miguelis basis clearing uh, double mm-hmm. it was a kind of a fly ball that was right up. went back and watched it this morning it was the guy touched it right inside of uh, fair territory. Cleared the bases, and uh, that was kind of the uh, the kickstart of there. Um, in the third inning, uh, so yeah, um, you, then you're up, you're up seven five after eight, and uh, you feel like you're gonna be able to w- win it there in the top of the ninth. Uh, there's a little, I guess, a little grounder back to Stewart. He wasn't able to handle it, mm-hmm. um, which gave them an opportunity. Uh, then they got a couple hits, and they got a, I guess, an RBI double there by um, Racones. Um to make it seven seven. Uh then you go in the bottom of the ninth and uh Danny Lynch is a walk off home run. I yeah, uh Wilkes drew a walk and then that brought up Lynch and he had a uh you know, a bomb into the roost uh to win at nine seven. Hall, uh like you're saying, probably didn't have his best stuff, but he did have decent strikeout numbers. Um sure. uh, but yeah, he uh went five and two thirds, gave up five earned runs, six hits, only walked one but he had ten K's. Yeah. Uh and then Stewart came in, pitched two and two thirds, gave up two runs, and then Ramsey got the uh I guess he got the win for uh, as much as that's worth. Uh, he got the last out there um, in the ninth. So um, Yeah, but you win 9-7. It was a good start to the weekend.
0: It was, and it was kind of one of those great examples of why baseball is, is such a funny game. And that five-run inning, of, I mean, you, that left fielder, uh, funny enough, I, I the summer league team I worked for this past summer, he was on that team in, in South Florida. He's a really good player. But uh, you kind of hit that same spot right up on the bullpen, I think, three times, and he was having a lot of trouble, and, and uh, I guess it was the third third baseman that uh, crashed into the wall. Yeah, or short, shortstop. Shortstop, shortstop that's right. Um, And so you just kind of put it in the right spot, none of those were hard-hit balls, and uh, it's sort of the same thing in, in the top of the ninth, like you were saying. I mean, if Stewart doesn't stick out his glove and, and touch it. Uh, you know, McGillis probably gets that and the game is over, but they end up tying it with its two runs and ends up being a really fun win. One of the things that stood out to me in this game, you know, I, I said I was a little surprised to see Hall immediately in the Friday spot, but I thought that he sort of earned his keep a little bit. Even though he did not have his best stuff, he kind of settled in. Like you said, he got out of some trouble early, um, good strikeout numbers, and you know the majority of the damage were on you know two or three mistake pitches. It's, it seems like most of those were to Nolan Shanuel, and he didn't miss any of them. Uh, but for the most part, you know he he was he was pretty good. He controlled the zone not as well as he usually does, but he he competed and settled into uh, you know five and two thirds. I think you'll take that most of the time, especially against a lineup like. FAU. So I was I was pretty impressed of what I saw out of Hall, even though he did not have his best stuff.
1: Yeah, and I would add that FAU. I believe they had six lefties in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had I think five uh, five left-handed bats and then a switch hitter that uh, you know obviously would hit lefty against Hall. So uh, you know compare that to his previous starts against State. They had seven righties in the lineup and then Tulane had eight, uh, which really was a favorable matchup for him, whereas FAU well, was not in terms of the handedness. So uh, yeah, I, I think just FAU. Um, didn't have his best stuff, but also that that wasn't the best matchup for him. Like uh, sure. the last two weeks were. Sure. Just going wanted to add that. So,
0: so you get the opening win, or the win of the opening game, and you roll into Saturday. Hunter Riggins on the bump, and sort of a, I don't know if similar game uh, would would be the way to describe it, but kind of a slow burn a little bit. You're kind of just still waiting on the offense to get going. Hunter Riggins. Uh, pretty good, again, uh, gives up uh, another mistake pitch to Nolan Chaneywell and doesn't miss it. They take the 3-1 lead in the fifth, and you, again, are, are still just kind of waiting on this offense to come, and it, it kind of becomes, um, you know, what has happened to Southern Miss a couple times where you you, you take advantage of a few mistakes there's some walks and uh, a couple of timely hits, but um, felt like in some ways FAU handed you a few runs late in that game and for the most part you took advantage of the mistakes the bullpen was able to to kind of cap it off to win the series so what did
1: you see on that game too yeah it was um like you are saying they did have, Our FAU did give us a couple uh breaks there cuz i think they missed at least two double play balls felt yeah. like yeah um you get a wild pitch uh score a run on a wild pitch score a run on a base a little walk Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you kind of claw back you get down four one there in the um after five and a half, and uh Dickerson uh has an RBI single the sergeant makes it a four three game on r b i ground out mm-hmm. uh there in the sixth and then yeah well, yeah, you take the lead in the um in the seventh um montenegro ground out then you get a wild pitch and then um in the eighth montenegro draws basically a little walk there like i was saying so um yeah, and then the ninth ran into some trouble uh ramsey inherited two runners and uh he was able to get a uh, infield fly and a uh or a k and an infield fly i think is what it was right i believe so yeah so
0: yeah strikeout, pop out uh to to end it and uh ran into some trouble i mean it was first and second right with one out and so good to good to see ramsey in those high leverage situations really feel like he's kind of gotten his his uh Spunk back a little bit, yeah. where you can rely on him in those in those tight spots, and that is a, a big, big key uh, to this. I think team, just team in general, because you know as we talked about, you kind of lost that after losing Ock and as Ramsey kind of fell off last year, it seems like he's he's kind of gotten back to that form. And I said, you know, FAU sort of handed you a few runs. That's not to take away from this win. I mean, anytime you're down four-one against a good ball club like FAU. Any way you can get it, especially to win a series, you will take it, and that is that is the kind of win that is going to put you in a good spot uh, at the end of the year and in the postseason, so uh, not to take away from the win at all. That's, that's a good win. You win the series and a chance to sweep on Sunday, and feel like some of those themes kind of hold up, but it goes against you on that uh, game three.
1: Yeah, so game three, you lose 7-3, and uh, you got up to a good start. Pato hits a uh, yeah. big home run there in the second. You got one nothing. Uh FAU ties it in the fourth, make it 1-1, one to and, one, and then McGillis hits one um, off the scoreboard there, and now uh, left field to make it 2-1 to one in the fourth. And, uh, yeah, Hurston Waldrop pitched really well. You know, he went 5-2, and thirds. so, you know, like we've said, he's not going to go super deep, but he gave you, you know, five-plus really good innings. Only gave up one run, uh, five yeah. hits, uh, yep. one walk on with 11 Ks. He really had the swing and miss stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the best we've seen the swing and miss uh, since North Alabama. And then uh, you bring in Etheridge. He uh, strikes out uh, the first four batters he faces. And then in the uh, eighth inning, you're really running into trouble there um, where Etheridge then gives up a double, then an RBI single. Uh, and then he's pulled, and you, you put in Bess, Gillentine, Storm, Boyd, Mazza. Uh, and, yeah, after Etheridge has pulled five of the next uh, six uh hitters for FAU uh, got on via hits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they went five or six in their next six. So, um, yeah, so then you, you're down 7-2 after eight. You put up another run there. Um, In the ninth, uh, it was Dickerson um, RBI double down the line uh, and left to make it 7-3. to three, But that was all you got, and uh, FAU ended up uh, winning that 7-3. So. It So
0: is a big deal. It's a, it's a luxury to be able to have a bullpen you can really lean on. But that's not necessarily – a sustainable model, especially if you're if you're going to push for you know if you want to be even in the conversation to host and uh, even as an at large team, you're gonna to have to start swinging the bats. And there was really only that one inning where the bullpen really uh, was not in control, and you felt like it was kind of it was almost over a- after that point where you get down a certain number of runs because of the way that your offense. Is performing um, so disappointing into that series and you know you you still had some opportunities to score some runs but you had four hits going into the ninth inning I think and that's that's usually not going to get it done especially against uh, a team that can swing it like FAU so you would have loved to sweep but again you'll take three and one um, but some things definitely need to improvise. I think I, I would say that you, you kind of know what you have right now with this team and you you go back and look at last year. I think we have, we've been saying the start has certainly been better uh, in most facets, but you have kind of cooled off at the plate, especially in with runners in scoring position and, and opportunities to either blow games open or, you know, you really just haven't cashed in on good opportunities offensively. Uh, I think you could argue almost throughout the schedule. And There have been some spots where you have. But uh, when you look back at last year, do you feel better about the offense? I mean, it's kind of it, – it was a little bit flip-flop last year where you really started cold and kind of started to heat up at this point. And, and now at this point – I, it might be um, more of an issue because you you know are obviously in conference play and this is the most important part of the schedule and you've really uh, you really don't look
1: great at the plate. Yeah, I mean you are better overall uh, offensively than you were last year, and I will say last year's team, um, you know, a lot of those guys in that lineup had not really they had not played a full season in yeah, college it's, baseball, it's, so they yeah, were mostly unproven. So you didn't know if yeah. like are these players are they good, are they not good hitters, or (laughs) you didn't really know, Uh, and then, you know, down the stretch, they proved themselves, but, um, yes, so you're you're hitting 261, 766 OPS, which is better than what you were uh, through the first 20 games of last year, but I was just looking at the power numbers, Uh, you've hit one fewer, um, you've hit 16 home runs, let me, yeah, 16 home runs uh, through the first 20 games, you hit 17 home runs through the first 20 games last year, Yep. And then, um, in terms of extra base hits, you have uh, fifty one extra base hits uh, through the first twenty games this year. You had fifty seven, uh, through the first twenty games last year. So yeah, uh, the power numbers are not what they were last year. Uh, in that rough start, uh, compared to that rough start, but you are hitting for um, hitting for average more, um. Than you were last year. Sure. Um, so yeah, I think uh, you still believe in this offense to get things going. Sure. Uh, you look at a guy like Danny Lynch. He was a 12 home run guy last year. He's only hit two. He only has two extra base hits uh, this year. Both of those were home runs that he hit this week. And uh, you're you're, I mean, you're kind of starting to see him heat up with those two home runs. Um, so you got to get a guy like him going um, in terms of the power numbers. Him hitting more doubles uh, along with those home runs. Get a guy like Chris Sargent hitting some home runs. Yeah. Um, you know, he was, I guess, a 16, uh, I think a 16-home run guy last year. So, yeah, you want to see the power numbers get up, Uh, get the batting average. I mean, the batting average is 261, uh, which is not terrible. I mean, 70, 766 OPS, that was a little below average. I mean, typically the NCAA average is around 800, maybe a little below that. So um, you get the average up a little bit, but I'm most concerned about those power numbers because a lot of guys that have hit for power in the past, uh, or at least like hit doubles, like Montenegro, he's never been a big home run guy, but he's a guy you know who'll hit a bunch of doubles. And uh, you really haven't seen a ton of that from him uh, so far. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to these next couple of weeks is can the team can they tap into some of those pa- some of that power hit some doubles hit some home runs uh, to get that OPS number up some Yeah
0: I th- yeah I think you're spot on I think you still believe in the lineup I mean even a guy like Gabe Montenegro that you mentioned is is who really had a really really rough start to the schedule last year has sort of returned to me to sort of the approach. That he had uh, when he was struggling last year is going after a lot of of first pitches and a lot of stuff outside of the zone which is not is not typical for his approach and that's part of what makes him so good especially in that leadoff spot and I think he has four total hits in the last seven games dating back uh, to the beginning of that Dallas Baptist series and I mean he's a guy you you fully believe I mean if the pass is any indication that he's going to find it again and and he will you know kind of shake himself out of the slump and so I don't think it's it's necessarily cause uh, well maybe it is cause for concern but you you feel pretty good about the fact that I mean we've seen the potential of this lineup and uh, you know really I think you could say that about the team overall you've seen You've seen sort of you know them get close to the ceiling, uh, the way they ran through that week of you know Mississippi State win and the Lafayette win South Alabama and Tulane, and then you saw uh, sort of you know swing the other way and seen uh, you know when the offense is not swinging it and pitching uh, becomes pressed, you, you know you're you're liable to miss uh, or lose some some games against good competition. And so, like I said, I think you kind of know what you have, but I, I think you still feel. Really good. I think in that in the preview, somebody asked us what uh, the batting average was that you would kind of need to hit for, uh, paired with this pitching staff, to be a really good team. I think we said around two eighty something like that. Um, so you're you're below that. That that certainly needs to improve. But the pieces are there to be a, a really really good baseball team. And again, I I, I would call it a successful week. You have three and one. And, uh, you know, four games this week, you would love to go 4 uh, 0. You know, big midweek game against UNO. That's that's a really good baseball team. And uh, I think a weekend series, you, you, your first series away from home and conference play that uh, you
1: feel like you need to sweep. Uh, yeah, just going back to the lineup, I just, I feel like it's, I don't think you're going to see the entire, like, because a lot of these guys, like we were saying, they were good hitters last year. It's hard to yeah. believe that all of these guys, are all going to regress on this pretty – Oh, yeah. That's pretty rare. So, I think you're going to see some positive regression. Some of these guys heat up uh, as conference play gets deeper. Uh, I think you're going to see guys like Montenegro, like Lynch, uh, start to hit it better than they have. And that was just kind of last year. I mean, like I was saying, a lot of these guys in the lineup, like Dickerson had not played a full season of college baseball. Right. Trimble, um, just off the top of my head, Sargent. Sure. Um, Blake Johnson. So yeah, I mean, you had a lot of guys in your lineup that were just not proven at this level yet, and thus uh, so you maybe you were a little concerned then because like oh you know these guys they haven't done it over full season D one. Eventually those guys did get it going. Sure. Um, so y- you've seen these you've seen these players do it at this level, and uh, I think um, I would guess. Next couple of weeks, you're going to see improved offense, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, and it gets a really good pitching, too. I mean, if you go back to the, to the regional, we've, we've kind of returned to that performance for the offense a lot, but that, again, I think it shows you the potential of this lineup, so I, I think you're spot. I don't think there's any reason to think that this is all of a sudden a bad lineup. I think I think you can uh, almost expect it to, to uh, improve, like you said, over these next couple of weeks. a great opportunity to, to do that uh, for – more games that uh, are just as important as the rest of them. The midweek game scheduled for Tuesday. So today, if you're listening to this um, on Tuesday when we release our episodes, um, has been moved to Wednesday because of all the, the bad weather coming through. And this is a, a UNO team. I mean, I feel like a lot of these Louisiana programs that that come through uh, or have come through in the past, are kind of s- sneaky good, um, maybe the way to say it, but almost always a competitive baseball team in UNO, and that uh, that remains the case uh, this year,
1: too. Yeah, they're off to a good start. They're 12-6, and six, and they just took two out of three at Oklahoma, right? Uh, which had gotten off to a pretty good start as well, I think. And they also took two out of three against Kansas at home. Not that Kansas is great, but they are, they're 4-2 and two against the Big 12. Uh, I don't think they've lost. I think... They, uh, I don't think they've lost a, a week in series. I think they split with Youngstown State at, like, 2-2. Uh, two and two. Um, But, yeah, they're um, they're looking like one of the top teams in the Southland. Uh, they're 91 in RPI, 104 in Massey. So they're kind of a top 100-ish type team um, and a team that could be a kind of a scary 4 that when they're kind of sure of it. Yeah. Uh, but offensively, I mean, they've been okay. 276 batting average, but 750 OPS, so they haven't hit for a ton of power. Um but yeah, they're they're a team that uh it, midweek game you should win, but it's certainly not a gimme. Um so yeah, it'll be a um kind of one of those games you, you want to win uh there in the midweek that yeah, I guess you know, you don't really think of UNO is when you're highlight midweek games, you think of your old misses, your state, sure. your Alabamas, your South Alabamas. Uh, but this could be a top 100 game, so it's it's yeah. one you want to win. And uh, I guess they're gonna um they haven't announced starters, but well, Past, yeah. past two weeks they've gone with a guy uh, Kyle Kakadorian. If I if I probably didn't say that right, but he's that a lefty. Right. Yeah, uh, he's a lefty. Uh, for them, I, I really couldn't find anything on velocity or pitches, but uh, he has pretty good numbers. I think around a one ERA. hasn't pitched a ton. I think he went about four innings above the, or went four innings. In one of his midweek starts, and he might have got pulled early against LSU, but uh, yeah, he has pretty good numbers so far.
0: It'll be interesting to see uh, who you start on the bump because you kind of saw everyone this weekend. You saw Etheridge out of the bullpen, was really good for the first four he saw, you know, struck out first uh, four he saw, and then uh, gave up some hits and you know, had to be taken out. That was kind of the start of that, that big inning. Um, but you know, Etheridge. Uh, you feel like he could come back and and give you a good start. Uh, you saw Tyler Stewart. Uh, I think he threw against Alabama and this weekend, right? Yeah, uh, Friday. Yeah. So you uh, you could certainly see Stewart out there. You know, he didn't give you um, didn't necessarily necessarily burn him this past past weekend. He could certainly come out on Wednesday and start. So, um, Pat, I guess it's a hypothetical, if Coach Ostrander called you and said. Pat, I need you to make the decision. Who are you starting on Wednesday?
1: Honestly, I like I just like going with the upside guy, so I might start Nico Maza oh, on Wednesday. Yeah. Kind of go with the freshman. Interesting. Okay. Uh, but, I could, I mean, you can bring back Boyd, because especially with an extra day now, um, he only, you know, he only feels like maybe two batters on Sunday. So you, yeah. you can bring him back. Um, you can go with Stewart, like you said. I mean, you know, who knows? It might be someone we haven't seen at all. It might be someone like a wee hunt. Sure, sure, uh, or a Matt Adams or somebody. So yeah, it's uh, anyone's guess who uh, who gets the ball on Wednesday. And Mazza you have know. kind of seen him get fewer innings.
0: He did not, throw. Um, I think he retired both the guys he faced. He did. Sunday. Yeah, and that was—I mean—that was his first appearance, and I mean, he, he was—he's not been used heavily right. uh, at all. But you saw him more in spots earlier in the schedule. And so, yeah, you know, maybe they they could be kind of gearing him up to to maybe start a few of these midweek games and um, could be similar – I would almost expect it to be similar to last week against Alabama where you you really have um, most of your bullpen available. And so you could really lean on that and and throw, you know, six or seven arms um, and hopefully get some run support to where you can maybe see some of those guys that you haven't seen – uh to hopefully get a, a big midweek win. I, I think it's important to build on good weeks like this this past week is you really need to to you know get in into kind of a rhythm in conference play. If you want to push for that at large, um and this is this is a week that I feel like you really need to go for no I, I think maybe this is me setting the standard too high, but I, I think you would be Disappointed in anything less than four. Am I? Am I at a lot? No, I think you're
1: right. Um, Because you you know, if you're an at-large caliber team, that means you're like at minimum a top, you know, a top forty type team on the country. And if you're a top forty type team in the country, you got to sweep a team like a Western Kentucky, uh, which is you know they'll kind of probably be right around that bubble in terms of just making the conference tournament, kind of around eighth, ninth, tenth. So, yeah, Western Kentucky, I guess we'll get into them. They yeah. are, they're they're 9-10, and 1-2 in the league. They lost 2 out of 3 at Charlotte this past weekend. Uh, pretty competitive games. In fact, I think they lost by maybe 1 yesterday. But they're 262 in RPI. Uh, not great, but they are 185 in Massey, which might be a better indicator at this point. But they played a very weak schedule. Uh, 270 strength of schedule, 292nd uh, non-conference strength of schedule. This bottom 10 in the country. But uh, the rotation uh, the rotation they rolled out against Charlotte was uh, Friday Jake Cates. He's a right-hander, 5'11 ERA, 114 whip. Aristotle Peter, great name. Oh, yeah. uh, 5'23 ERA, 165 whip. He's a righty. And then uh, Devin Terbrack. uh he's a lefty. 5'28 ERA, 127 whip. Uh, so, yeah, those are the three guys. Uh, Sean Bergeron was a guy, I think. He was a guy that had struck like 16 guys earlier in the year um he for some reason did not pitch at all against charlotte i don't know if he's hurt because he had been in the rotation um so who knows he might have got scratched for starting. start and could come back against us but uh offensively uh they've been okay offensively 275 batting average 826 ops uh ty uh batisic he's a, a freshman catcher having a really good year hitting 413 with 1354 ops seven home runs so he could be a guy yeah. that you watch out for the draft in like 2024 uh, but yeah, I mean, they're a team that yeah, below 500 against a, a week schedule, you know, probably won't make the conference tournament. We'll see. So yeah, this is a team. Uh, you know, if you consider yourself an at-large uh, type ball club, yep. Uh, in the in the NCAA tournament, uh, this is the team you want to sweep. So absolutely,
0: and I, I think this is an opportunity for the offense to to maybe find their groove uh, a little bit, and not that this is a a, you know a terrible baseball team. You're gonna. I mean, there's certainly some capable bats, and you'll you'll see some capable arms. But yeah, it, it, to go back to the, the expectation, I think you really expect and need uh, to sweep this series, and it's it's an opportunity. Uh, I don't want to call it a tune up series because every weekend series is challenging. It's hard to beat anybody three times, but it would give you a lot of momentum to go to go four four and zero into the next. Uh, next weekend. So this is one you need to win. And it's and any any conference series on the road is tough. I mean that that uh, that is always true. And so you know, you, you'll be tested. and you know if if you come out and play like you did on Sunday or in either of the any of the three games against Dallas Baptist, you are, um, you know, they're not gonna hand you uh, any of these three games. So uh, three big ones for Southern Miss this weekend and uh, three, you really need to get. Anything else on this uh, next week, bat for Southern Miss? I think that is it. All right, let's uh, take a look. Let's let's get a little recap of what happened in conference play uh, as well as some of our non-conference opponents.
1: Yeah, so this was first weekend of uh, conference play. So FIU took two out of three against Marshall at home. Uh, Charlotte, like we said, took two out of three against Western Kentucky at home. UAB went to Rice and took two out of three. Old Dominion took two out of three in Middle Tennessee, and La Tech uh, took two out of three at UTSA. UTSA actually run-ruled uh, La Tech on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the non-conference, uh, North Al they took one out of three uh, versus Eastern Kentucky. They need one more win to match their win total from last year, so they, they are improved a little sure. bit. Um, Jacksonville State uh, went and swept uh, Lipscomb on the road. Uh, ULL was swept. In, uh, they went to Troy and got swept. Uh, so that, was, uh, that wasn't a good look for ULL, and it kind of... Uh, I guess reduces the impact of uh, that two out of three that we had makes it look a little less impressive just because they're not maybe as good as we thought they were. I think they're yeah. like nine and nine, nine and ten at this point. So hopefully ULL will get it going. Uh, at least be like a top one hundred type uh, series win for us. But uh, and then Dallas Baptist uh, went to Oral Roberts and swept them. So they are uh, they're actually number one in the RPI. Um, so they're they're playing some good baseball right now. Uh, Dallas Baptist is so um and then um uh, week six. Week six preview. Uh, I guess notable midweek games. Some actually pretty good midweek games uh this week. You yeah. get um, UAB's hosting Alabama, of uh, LaTeX going to L S U. Rice is hosting A M. Uh Texas A and M, not Prairie View A and M there. Um U T S A is going to Baylor. Uh, and then on Wednesday you got Marshall going to West Virginia and then FAU hosting Miami. Uh, so some good RPI opportunities there and then uh week six uh, uh, weekend for CUSA. You got uh Rice going to Marshall, Charlotte going to ODU. That'll be the kind of I guess the weekend series right. of the weekend CUSA. Those are two of the better teams on the uh I guess there's not divisions this year, but uh those are two on the um kind of the eastern seaboard of the league uh right there. So that'll be interesting to watch and then uh UTSA goes to FAU, MTSU goes to UAB and then FIU goes to La Tech and then in terms of uh, non-conference teams, you got um uh, North Allen and Jacksonville State actually play each other uh this weekend they're in Atlantic Sun play. That'll be at uh in Jacksonville. So we'll see which of those two teams is the better team uh out of our first two weekend opponents. Then Georgia Southern or ULL hosts uh Georgia Southern and then big series for DBU they host Maryland as a top twenty five team so that'll be a really mm-hmm. interesting series to see what Dallas Baptist does. If Dallas Baptist wins that they could get back in the top twenty five. So
0: sure and they, they also had Oklahoma State on the ropes a little yes. bit. And that game was very close.
1: Another one-run loss for them. That's right. That's right. What is that, six now? Yeah, I think they're yeah. three and six in one-run games now. How about
0: that. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's a really good baseball team. As we have uh, talked about, some interesting series that uh, we will break down, as always, next week. And big one Wednesday out at the Pete. Important to get that one before you head out on uh, the road. that will be a challenge, uh, like I said, it's typically is against some of those Louisiana programs. I don't have a lot to add on the recap of the preview. Uh, anything to add on baseball, Pat? I think that's it. All right, let's roll right into what continues to to kind of, um, I don't really know how to describe it. I guess it's it's been the story uh, sort of in, in Southern Miss Athletics the last week and a half-ish since uh, Jeremy McLean announced Jay Ladner would Be back on that Saturday. I guess that was last Saturday or two Saturdays ago. Um, There was this concern that you would lose a lot of the roster. We, we talked, I think we talked about that right after it happened. And at that point, it was just Isaiah, Isaiah Moore, and Rashad Bolt. It was, yes, those, those two. So that was last uh, Monday. Mm -hmm. So a week ago when we had had those two and three more. Uh, and, and you have uh, you can update us on uh, on this, but you've kind of kept the spreadsheet of how much production you have lost. Three more really big ones: Tay Hardy, Jerron Pierre, Waylon Napper, and uh, Tay Hardy. Obviously, I, I think you would call that the biggest one because that was that was sort of the excuse all year, is, oh. You lost Tay Hardy. He's your best player. When he comes back next year, you're going to be in a much better spot. And uh, Waylon Aperol also, I, I think, is is a close second in in that he really came on at the end of the year and showed you a lot of really good things, and uh, what you had hoped he he would be when you recruited him. Jerome Pierre, talented young players, got a lot of potential. So three more big ones, Pat. It kind of it's kind of snowball effect, and it's, uh, it's getting worse and
1: worse. Yeah, so I was running the numbers. So there's a, like a, a basketball advanced stat called like points produced, and it's like that. I don't know the exact formula, but it factors in, you know, how many points you have, how many assists and offensive rebounds, so just kind of offensive production and production as a whole. And based on that, out of the five guys you've lost so far, you lost 57% of your production just based on these five transfers. So, yeah, I mean, you were, you know, 340th in the country and. or net or whatever and you've already lost over half of your production uh, from that team from a bottom 15 bottom 20 team so it's just really roster is in a really bad shape and you know you know there's rumors of uh, other guys possibly transferring out as well and uh you know you had some of those guys and you know you'll probably be over three quarters probably closer to 90 percent uh if those rumors uh come into fruition about um you know other transfers so yeah, I, I don't know how you rebuild the roster at this point. I mean, you got to raid like some maybe some lower level transfers. Yeah, just any kind of juco players you got, and it's just uh, it's a really tough situation. Maybe they'll pull a rabbit out of the hat, we'll have a surprise, but uh, it's um, not looking good at all for a 2022-2023 basketball.
0: It, it's not. It's not, and I mean, it, yeah, like you said, the 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 rumors of. You know, just about everyone who saw significant time on the yeah. floor uh, transferring out. That is, it, it is, um, you know, the question has been posed. You would love to know if the administration slash the coaching staff expected this when they, you know, decided to go another year with this coaching staff, um, or if they, if the part of the plan to kind of turn things around and, and improve was, you know, included these guys that are not going to be here next year. Um, it, it's a it's a really really tough look. I mean, you know, you would uh, you would expect Tyler Stevenson uh, to be one of those guys. I mean, just due to the fact that he was in the portal last year, mm-hmm. and things obviously have not approved, uh, You can certainly you would certainly hope that you can hang on to him, but it's uh it's it's pretty ugly, and it's it's one of those things where you you know you made the. Um, or we've made the comparison to a few of the programs. Like, I guess the, the example we used was middle Tennessee state in that, that year four. Um, and you know, we have talked about Tulane and South Alabama, how they have turned their rosters around rather quickly. Uh, this is not how they did it. it. It wasn't, um, a matter of attrition. It was, it was, uh, it was going into the portal, being aggressive and being able to pull a lot of quality talent in. And, uh, this is sort of the opposite of that. Um, I guess, you know, the other way to look at it is well, you were really bad this year. So, what's it going to hurt yeah. to get some new guys in there? Um, you know, could they be any worse? I mean, you, you won one game at conference play. The concern to me is we, you know, we talked about the locker room after you win against UTSA in the conference tournament. And it, it really did seem like, and, I, and I've heard uh, that. You know, guys love playing for Jay Ladder. They really uh, enjoy him and his coaching staff. But this points more the direction of him losing uh, the program a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and that roster at least. I mean, if you if you have eight or nine guys transfer out, I mean, it, it's it that does not lend itself to building a program. Uh, that's you're sort of losing uh, the grip on it a little bit, and uh, I that i hope that's <laughs> not the case but it's it's hard not to say that it is um uh, we were hoping um you know that it was it was the case of uh, he would hold on to a lot of this roster and be able to add to it and uh maybe you know uh addition by subtraction did you maybe push out a few guys and and add some quality uh players in the portal uh but i don't know you're sort of going the opposite direction and and that you know the the other way to look at that of of you know, uh, the fact that you were so bad you lose everyone. That it's not a necessarily encouraging way to look at it. I mean, there's not really an encouraging angle at all to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just, you put yourself in the position of these players. I mean, even if they you transfer, I mean, these guys, they want to have a chance of playing at like a high level, at least like NCAA tournament, sure. or at least compete for an NCAA tournament. Just realistically, that's not going to happen at USM next year. So even if you transfer to like a small, like a really small conference, like a nickel state, uh, you know, or a small conference team like a nickel state, I mean at least they 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 have a shot at winning their conference and getting in the NCAA tournament or going to play, you know, at like a Jacksonville State or uh, a team like that. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I mean, maybe they're going down a level in terms of conference, but they have a much better shot to get in. The, I mean, it's still a one bit league. These right. um these hypotheticals I'm giving. Uh, so they at least have a chance to, uh, you know, compete at the highest level and get to the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, I think a guy like Stevenson, uh, if he were to transfer out, I mean, I think, I don't know if he would be a, uh, a rot- or a, you know, a starter for a, a power conference kind of it's a NCAA tournament team, but it could at least be like a sixth or seventh man that gets a bunch of minutes, uh, and is a big rotation player for one of those teams. So, yeah, I mean, you could get some of these guys coming back, you know, like we talked about Stevenson enter the portal last year and came back so that. Just because you enter the program doesn't mean uh, you're out, but, you sure. know, we're thinking that's probably the case, but we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, you can't blame these guys. They won't have a chance to play for a winning program, and right now, you know, we just have not been a winning program for uh, close to a decade, really. So, um, yeah. Yeah,
0: That's there's not, not a lot to say, and uh, it's becoming increasingly difficult. I mean, that other way of looking at it that I just mentioned of, you know, I uh, you kind of wipe the roster clean and start over and hope you can attract some quality talent uh, it's becoming increasingly or it seems like from my perspective increasingly difficult to uh, recruit because I don't know who, who's you know want to be a part of a program that won one game in conference play and everyone that's all significant time transferred out I mean that's it's got to be really really difficult to to draw uh, any kind of quality talent portal or, or otherwise into your program uh and we talked about kind of the way that that uh that announcement was worded it was a little bit of an indictment on the state of the program and it's it's not been good and so I don't know I mean like you said we sincerely hope that uh, coach Ladner can pull a rabbit out of the hat and, and turn this thing around and and you know certainly hope that he has some kind of plan. I I expect he does and it's it's going to be really difficult to execute to to turn this thing around. Um and from what we yeah from the from all the rumors flying around it could uh, become uh even harder uh, if you lose more of uh of the guys that that gave you good minutes this year. So it's uh it's kind of continues to be a, a little uh frustrating if you're a southern miss basketball fan and and is uh continuing to to be uh to be so so i don't know we we kind of had some silver linings uh, a little bit last week I, I don't i don't have a lot it's it's becoming harder and harder to to find them and um at least until you start seeing some portal additions exactly so. yeah. yeah you've you've not had yeah any additions and you've had a, a whole lot of subtraction so it continues to kind of to be a really, really a tough spot for uh, for a men's basketball program, um, and like we said last week, we are we're pulling um, pulling for those guys, pulling for Coach Ladner. Uh, we are not uh, we're not against them. We we want them to turn it around. So certainly hope that's the case. And you're kind of getting into crunch time a little bit um, in in the recruiting cycle. So hopefully we will we'll see some some of these additions. Uh, start to, to unfold uh pretty soon here and uh, we'll keep tabs on that uh as always pat anything else on basketball uh
1: i think that's it right before we go yeah. uh next week we are going to be on the uh the jmu sports blog um podcast we think yeah. uh, they had 10 until we set that for um uh, yep. march 28th so that'll either be in um, that'll be on their feed and i guess maybe we'll try to release it on our feed as like a separate type deal. Uh, so keep an eye out on that well if, if not if it's just on their feed we'll tweet it out and oh yeah make sure people are aware of it But that's just something yep. to keep an eye on
0: yep we'll keep you updated on that uh, we will continue to be with you on tuesdays tuesday mornings I had somebody ask me when or if we released uh, regularly we do tuesday mornings uh, for baseball season as always appreciate uh, you being with us thanks for uh, listening along and interacting with us i meant to uh, put out a, a question prompt but i forgot to do that i'll do that next week to so we'll catch some of your questions that have, uh, have kind of built up over uh, the last couple of weeks since we have done that i've gotten a few in our dms that we've we've uh, not been able to answer so we'll get to those next week that is patrick mckee my name is ben milam this has been buzzardry sponsored by BigGoalNation.com. thanks for listening see you next week
1: This has been
0: Buzzer Dream.
1: Thanks for listening and be sure to share and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Buzzard Pod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.